All right, let's pray and we'll get uh, we'll get rock and rolling. Father God, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for uh, just uh, just loving us, Lord. You you really are good to us. You um, you give us things that we don't even know what to ask for, uh, God, and uh, you uh, you really blessing us. And so I do thank you for the Passpoint class and. Well, everybody who uh, is here, and, and you know everybody who's not here, Lord, and uh, you're just you're growing what you're doing here, and it has nothing to do with me, but it's got everything to do with the body of Christ. And so I do thank you for that. I pray that you would just uh, use us to minister to one another. We're going to talk about that today, and uh, how we really do have things to be doing. And so, uh, God, I do pray that you would uh, use this to kind of fire us up, to get us going, uh, to know that you know we really can do nothing without you, but with you, you can allow us to do things that we didn't even know we could do. And so, God, I do pray you just speak today, uh, that you just bless your word in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, so if you've got your Bibles, open up to Romans uh, chapter 12. I promise I'm going to make it farther than two verses today, but not, but not a lot farther. <laughs> so uh, we've been going through the book of Romans, and I'm not going to, I think I just moved. I'm sorry. So I'm going to try to move back. It's just normal. I'm like, uh, yeah, okay, Nick's got this. So <laughs> if it's messed up, just blame Nick. Okay, so uh, we're going through Romans, and we spent a lot of time. We finally got through chapters 9, 10, and 11, where Paul takes kind of a time out, and he addresses the nation of Israel. And uh, if you want to go back and get any of that, it was it was kind of teachy, but uh, it's all either on Facebook or on, on the podcast or wherever. Some of them, I don't know. I had to get a new recorder, so I don't know if it wasn't working right or what. But either way, you should be able to catch it on uh, the Facebook group, I guess. So anyway. You just might catch half my body because apparently I was standing over here last week. But anyway, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, the point is we got to Romans chapter 12 last week. And uh, I'm pretty stoked. I'm pretty fired up about Romans chapter 12 because, well, it, it really should fire you up, right? So the first uh, 11 chapters, uh, I heard Brian Clark say this one time, is uh, basically what God can do for you, right? It basically takes you from a lost sinner, no matter if you're a good sinner or a bad sinner, right? An outward sinner, an inward sinner, any of that, uh, and He can take you and get you the gospel. He can get you where you need to go on time, right? And and all of that. And then you roll into 9, 10, and 11. He talks about Israel. But then you get to chapter 12 to 16. And now Paul's, or I heard Brian Clark, he said, so he said the first 11 chapters is what God, God can do for you. But the last four chapters... Yeah, I'll make sure my math is right. What? 11 okay. plus 4? No, no. Chapter 12 to 16. I don't know. Anyway, the last chapter is 12 to 16. Okay, 5. Sam <laughs> Sam did the math. I don't trust my son's math, right? Uh, but I will trust Sam. Um, anyway, uh, so the last five chapters is what you or what you can do for God, right? And it's not that God needs you to do anything. So don't confuse me when I say that. God doesn't, and, and don't take this wrong, God doesn't need you for anything, right? And so uh, we're actually going to talk about some of that today. Don't think too highly of yourself, right? But man, He desires to use you for a lot of things. Uh, He desires to use you. I told you last week that one of my biggest fears in my Christian life is God just moving on past me because I wasn't willing, right? Just using somebody else for something that I could have done. And so anyway, so that's where we're at. We're in chapter 12, and it's really just about, okay, so we've heard all about what God can do for you. Now, what what are we supposed to be doing? And so let's just pick up. I'll read where we talked about last week. I promise I won't reteach it as much as I want to. Uh, and then we're going to uh, get through the rest of this. And so uh, here's what I got for you today. Just because some of you have heard me teach this before, but here we are again. And so this is what we're going to go through. But uh, understanding the seven spiritual gifts, right? And so some so this is really intriguing to some people, and some people are like, I've heard this a bunch of times. But either way, that's where we're at, so we're going to get into it. So uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, he says, I beseech ye 
Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's the least you can do. Give God everything that you got. And then you can do more if you want to. But that's the least you can do. Verse 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So basically, he gives you the outline of how to live out the perfect will of God in your life. And so we talked all about that last week. If you missed it, go back. It's my favorite passage in the entire Bible, so I was pretty fired up about it. So my wife asked me when we left here, she's like, you probably could teach Romans 12, 1 and 2 blindfolded, couldn't you? I'm like, I do it in my sleep. Like, it just, I love that passage. So anyway, but then Paul goes on to say, so that's just kind of like the preface to, okay, you've got something to be doing. Verse 3, he says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, so he's like, uh, it's not just me wanting to say this, but God's given me, you know, the grace, the ability, uh, you know, really the command to be talking to the Gentiles about this. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you. So if you're sitting there thinking, well, this really doesn't apply to me, right? He's not really talking about me. He's talking about the Christian who's been saved for a long time. Or he's talking about just the new Christian. He says, for everyone that is among you. So you are not excluded for what I'm about to say. I lost my spot. Not to think... Sorry, squirrel. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Well, we don't ever do that, do we? Not to think of himself any high, uh, more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. We're not talking about drinking here. According as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith, for as we have many members in our body, and all members have not the same uh, office, so we being many, talking about the body of Christ, we'll, we'll circle back around and kind of make this all make sense. Our one body in Christ, are having, uh, and, and every one members one another. Having been gifts, differing according to the grace that is given to us, with a prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, or he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, uh, he that showeth mercy with truthfulness. So that's as far as we're going to get. So here's what Paul's saying, right? I'm just going to like boil it all down for you, then we'll circle back around and kind of talk about this. He's like, hey, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, basically give God your entire life, your your everything, and that's the least you can do, right? So it's like, man, that's a lot. And he's like, okay, so let me break this down for you. In verse 3, he says, For I say through the grace given unto me. He's like, God told me to say this, right? I, I'm saying this through the grace of God, right? Um, here, here's what I'm trying to tell you, that there's a way you can get this done. Because I already know what you're thinking. Oh my gosh, you want me to give God everything in my life? You want me to just let Him have everything? I'm not really that good. Right? Why did God want that? And He's like, and like I said, I'm going to boil it all down. He says, I'm going to allow you some some gifts. Right? I'm going to allow you uh, some talents. I'm going to allow you to be able to do something that you didn't think you could do so that you have something to offer the body of Christ. And that's what He's talking about. That's basically what He says. Either... Because here's what happens. One of two things happens. You either think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, and we all know somebody like that. It's just like, man, all they can do is talk about themselves, right? Nobody likes that guy, right? Nobody likes that. All they want to do is talk about how good they are or whatever. Or there's the other end of the spectrum. Nobody really falls in the middle ground. They're just like, I'm not really good at anything, right? And so what what could God use me for? And so Paul's like, okay, I... I've got something to say to both of you, right? And so the first guy, he's just like, if you're thinking more highly of yourself, you ought to, don't do that. That's dumb, right? It doesn't say that I added that, but he's just like, don't do that. And for everybody else, it's just like, I really don't have that much to offer God, right? Well, you do. 
And so that's what he wants to talk about today. And so, like I said, there's seven spiritual gifts, right? There's another list, uh, I think it's in uh, Corinthians or uh, in James, I can't remember. But, in, but basically, these are what we would consider the seven spiritual gifts uh, in the body of Christ. Now, we also know that there are sign gifts in the book of Acts, right? And uh, like the gift of speaking tongues. Um, if you find somebody out there speaking tongues, uh, you might like ask them what they drank last night because speaking in tongues isn't a thing anymore, right? It was a thing uh, during the transitional period in the book of Acts, so none of that happens. So anyway, these are what we would consider the seven spiritual gifts that you will find in the body of Christ even today. And so when I say spiritual gifts, I'm not talking about like when when God made me, when God born me, right? You know, speaking in Harrisonville terms, right? When I was born, I was able to run real fast, right? Or uh, I was able to, like my son, he's really tall. We got these cabinets above our fridge and I'm just like, Brenton, there's something up there. Get it for me. And he's like, I'm not even taller than you. He just reaches up and grabs it. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're not. I'm like, I'm not talking about like the things that you were born with, right? Some people can run fast. Some people can throw a football really far, right? Some people are athletic. Some people uh, can read really well. They can spell really well. I don't know. Some people like can speak real good. I don't I mean I. I don't. I don't talk too good, right? And like some people are born with just natural talents and abilities, right? Uh, athletes are generally like that. It's just like it's not normal for you to be able to do what you can do. That's crazy. Right, And so that's not what we're talking about, though. Those are still gifts from God, but those are physical gifts. right? Those are gifts that could just at any point be taken away. You might, what do you mean? Like At any point, something could happen to you physically and you can't do those things anymore, right? Um, you, know, you can be playing sports. Think of uh, Miles, the Calligan's son. He's out there playing football, and what happens? He like shatters, he just snaps his leg in half. I'm like, he ain't playing football now, right? At least not tomorrow, right? If you ask him, he thinks he is next year, but he's going to talk to mom about that. I don't know. But anyway, the, the point is things can happen. These spiritual gifts are something different. Spiritual gifts are something that God gives to the believer individually once you are saved, right? These would be things that the day you got saved... You weren't able to do that yesterday, and now you just can. And I can't explain. I, I just can't explain it other than I can. Right? It's no different than uh, you if you've got like an addiction. Right? I used to uh, uh, I used to drink a lot. Right? I used to uh, I used to chew at least two cans of, uh, of, of chew a day. These were like things that I did before I was saved. Right? And it was just like the, the day I got saved. It was just like I don't need this crap anymore. And it took me a while to like to completely get rid of it but I remember the day I quit chewing I just quit I'm like I, I, don't, I don't really need this anymore it just seems like something I probably ought not be doing right and so uh, I wouldn't have been able to do that in of, of myself it was all through you know the spirit of Christ okay and so it's no different than if, you, if you've got any kind of struggle it, you give it to Christ it doesn't mean that you're not going to desire it right go back to Romans chapter 7 what's he say man I do the things that I don't want to do. I don't do the things that I want to do. Why? And he's basically, he talks like Dr. Seuss, but, and he boils it all down to, why am I like this? Well, let me tell you why you're like this, Paul. It's because you have the Spirit of God living inside of you, but you're still you. You still have flesh on. Your flesh still wants to sin. That's the whole point of Romans chapter 7. Right? And so anyway, the whole point is these spiritual gifts are things that God will give you as you grow in Christ. Now, you may not have them the day you get saved. Right? So you may not have the gift of uh, prophecy the day you get saved. It may take a man of God several years 
to uh, learn how to use the gift. And the gifts that you have may change over time. It doesn't mean you lose the gift, but you gain others. And so as we go through this list, I want you to realize that you might be like, I'm not really good at any of these things. I promise that um, there are things... No, you're fine. There are things that you can uh, you can do even now, right? And so you might be like, well, I'm not good at any of that. I promise that there are things. And so this is one of the things that... Um, Paige and I like to do, and it's not just because we're profiling people, profiling people, but we like to kind of talk about as if, like, if we're discipling somebody, we'll get, you know, we'll spend a lot of time with them and be like, so what do you think their spiritual gift is, right? Because God will always give somebody at least one spiritual gift, and just because it's how they can minister best to the body, right? And so let's go through the list now, because, so here's what Paul's about to say. He says, for I say, verse 3, through the grace given unto me, so he's like, I have authority to say this, uh, to every man that is among you, so no matter who you are in here listening today, there's times that we talk about things and you're like, well, that doesn't really apply to me. Well, guess what? This all applies to you, so you're not exempt. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. So first things first. Don't be that conceited guy, right? Don't be that conceited guy. You're not as good as you think you are, right? And that's basically what Paul says. You're not, you're not that. Okay, so... Just in case we were wondering, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. What's he mean when he says that, to think soberly? What does it mean to be sober? Right, clear-headed. You are not, uh, you're not controlled by anything. And so a lot of times we think of being sober, when we think of that, we think, okay, the most common thing is alcohol, right? If you're not sober, you're not... It, it, you're not thinking clearly, okay? But drugs can do the same thing, right? Uh, let me let me give you one because you know we're in church and nobody deals with any of that, right? So yeah, right. Um, anyway, uh, emotions. People get drunk on emotion all the time, right? They are just controlled by it. They are not thinking clearly because they are so out of control, emotional that it's just like, man, you need to take a time out, right? Guys, don't say that to your wife. I'm just saying, right? I've never. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I didn't, but. Uh, Anyway, like, because generally, uh, when you talk about emotions, uh, women are generally more emotional than men. Not always, but so that's another thing that you can be um, you can be drunk on as emotion. There's anything that is controlling you, right? That you are not thinking clearly. So he says, "Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but think soberly." So what he says is, "Get your mind clear, and let's talk about something here." Right? He says, "I've got some things that I want you to do for the body of Christ." Right? And first off is don't think that you are going to get it all done on your own. Right? And so he says, okay, I want you to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. So that's what he's talking about right here. God has dealt to... He doesn't say some people. He doesn't say that God has dealt to the really good Christians or the really smart Christians. He says that God has dealt to every man according... Or according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Right? When it talks about measure, like when you measure something, this is right up my alley, right? Because I can't, I can't do a lot of things too good, but I can read tape measure, right? That's what I do, right? Things are different sizes. Things, some things are bigger, some things are uh, larger, some things are smaller, right? And so when he uses that term measure, he says, according to the measure of faith. God has given each person a different amount of whatever it is, right? Some of them are bigger, some of them are smaller. And you might be like, well, why didn't God give me that ability? Let me just uh, pause for a second. You might be like, well, I've only got like one of these, and I'm only kind of good at it. I wish I was better at more. Um, remember the verse that says, to whom much is given, much is required. Right? Uh, for the guy who thinks, man, I wish I was good at everything, go talk to Pastor Brian. Sometimes wearing all the hats isn't as fun as you think it is. Right? Uh, because now 
not only am I, you know, uh, have the gift of, of prophecy and of teaching and of, you know, mercy, but like, now you're expected to live it out all the time. So don't be quick to say, man, I just wish I had all of them, right? Because then it's like, maybe you, like, just take a time out. Step by step. God has given you according to the measure of faith, right? No different than, have you ever had something happen in your life and it's like, that was just right on time, right? God was right on time. I thought I needed it sooner, but it was just right on time. Well, no different. God will give you more right on time. Don't rush it. I promise. Don't rush it. Because, who else would say this? When I got saved, I've said this I don't know how many times when I was giving my testimony, but like, if you would have told me the day that I got saved that, hey, you know, in 12 years, 13 years, however long it's been since, since I gave my life to Christ, right? That um, God would use you to do this, 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 and this, right? Like, I've traveled halfway around the world several times, I've been to India and Nepal, and, uh, you know, I'm up here teaching something. I didn't really even really like people all that much, right? I was just like, I'll hang out with people that I know, especially talking in front of people. Instead, we go to London on evangelism trips, and you just like stop people on the street and you're evangelizing to them. It's like all these different things. If you would have told me any of those things the day I got saved, I'd been like, you're out of your mind. And just to prove that you're out of your mind, I'm never going to do that, right? Just because it's pride. It's no different. God will give you a little more according to the measure of faith day by day. So if you're like, man, I just wish God would grow me a little more. Well, guess where it starts? It starts by getting in the Word of God. Spend some time here. And as you start to learn it here, he will start to give you the ability to walk it out. But he's not going to tell you to go and do something until you're able to understand how to do it. Okay? And so here, let's get into the list. So he says, I'm going to give every man according to the measure of faith. So we're talking about the body of Christ here. We are not talking about anybody who's lost. Lost people don't have these gifts. Right? Lost people might have the gift of you know, public speaking, or lost people might have the gift of doing these things kind of, but they don't. They, these are not spiritually given to lost people. These are to the body of Christ. Okay? And so... Unfortunately, uh, God doesn't give you the spiritual gift of like running real fast. It doesn't happen like that, right? God doesn't give you the spiritual gift of being able to play the guitar like my son can, right? Or be able to play the drums like my son can. I'm like, I don't even know how that happens. I'm like, I can beat on this thing too, but it don't sound like that. I don't understand, right? Those are physical gifts. We're talking about spiritual gifts here, right? These are things that the Spirit of God inside of you allows you to be able to do. He says for... Uh, verse 4, for, uh, we have many members in one body. Okay, so we're talking about the body of Christ here. So think about your physical body for a minute. How many body parts do you have? Uh, like a whole bunch, right? I don't even know because I'm not a, not a science major or whatever. Anyway, you got a whole lot. But I know that like, if I stub my toe, it makes me not walk too good because like, I can't even walk on my other foot because now it's, right? And it's not that you break your leg. Well, you got to have like crutches or you know, a wheelchair or whatever. Or, you know... Every part of your body does something. And when everything does its own part, things work fairly well. But when something's not working like it needs to, it doesn't work so well. So now, translate that to the body of Christ. We just went through this uh, in the local church lesson with Nick and Kendra. We're talking about the body of Christ. Maybe she can be over here in a minute. Um, so, think about the body of Christ for a minute. We, as the church, are likened unto the body. Right? And so you need to find out where you fit into the body of Christ. Right? Like, are you like the big toe of the body of Christ? You know, are you the leg? Are you whatever, right? Everybody does something. And the, the meaning of that is not everybody gets up and preaches on Sunday morning. Because if everybody got up and preached, it'd be kind of odd around here, right? Not everybody gets up. Uh, not everybody takes care of the kids because then there would be nobody for Brian to teach to, right? Not everybody... <laughs> not everybody... Uh, uh, I'll just step on her. I'll be like, oh, sorry. Uh, not everybody... Um, 
can work the sound booth. Not everybody can, you know, serve the breakfast stuff. Not everybody. But the point is, when everybody does something, it kind of makes life happen, doesn't it? No different than with your body. And like all of a sudden now, if everything's working together, so we are the body of Christ. So that's why not everybody has the same gifts, because everybody needs a little bit of a different gift. I promise you need the gift of ministry to work with the kids, right? And also a little bit of mercy. Right, just mixed in with it. And every 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 ministry you have to have different gifts for. So anyway, that's what he's saying when he says, "For we have many members, like in the church, uh, in in one body, and the members have not the same office." Meaning, not everybody does the same thing. So we, being many, talking about the body of Christ. So we're not even only talking about HBF here. We're talking about like the church as a whole, all Christians. For we, being many, are one body in Christ. Right? We are all one. We are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. So you might be like, I don't really like that guy. Well, too bad. It doesn't matter if you like him or not because he's your brother, right? And he's not only your brother, but he, he might be your eyeball, right, and as far as the body of Christ goes. So you might want to be careful about what you, you know. It's the body of Christ, right? You love him. That's how it works. So then he goes into this. So, so we being many uh, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts... Differing according to the grace given unto us. So, meaning, you don't work for these gifts. They are given unto you, right? And it is all by God's grace. And there isn't one day that it's like, well, if I just try really hard, if I go to HBI, maybe I can be a preacher, right? Well, you might learn how to do like the basics of preaching, but it still doesn't mean that you're going to have the gift of you know, prophecy. And so let's, get in, let's kind of get into this. So, he says, differing according to uh, the grace given unto us, whether prophecy, so your first gift, prophecy. Let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. So what is what is the gift of prophecy? Somebody tell me. Preaching. It's preaching, right? We, know, we, we look at it today as preaching, right? In the Old Testament, a preacher was a prophet. A prophet is simply what? It is somebody, that, a prophet is the mouthpiece of God. In the Old Testament, God would come down... Or he would send the Spirit of God down to a person, a prophet, right? You think of Isaiah or you know Daniel or these different prophets. He would come down, he would give the word of the Lord to the prophet, and what was the prophet's job? To then, in turn, tell the people what God said. Is that not a lot like what a pastor does, right? Now, a pastor has a whole lot of roles, but I'm talking about the preaching part of this, right? Uh, they are the mouthpiece of God. They get into the Word, not saying that you're not supposed to be in the Word. That's why we encourage you to bring your Bibles But in all through the week, be in it. But they get in the Word, and they are the mouthpiece of God. This is what this passage is. This is what God is trying to tell you. That That is the gift of prophecy, right? They are God's mouthpiece. Not everybody has that gift. Actually, very of all of these, this is given to probably the fewest amount of people, Right? And this isn't something. This is something that you can perfect over time, but it isn't something that you can like just get real good at, right? It, if God gives you the gift, usually you don't have the gift as soon as you start doing it, right? Sometimes you're thrown into the fire. I remember when I was going through HBI, and we had to uh, one of our classes. I don't even remember what it was called. It was basically expository pre- expository preaching, but there was a fancy word for it. I don't even remember. You know what it is? Homiletics, right? That's why I don't remember it because it's a school word, right? But anyway, it was like expository preaching, and I remember in this class we had to like write some sermons, and then uh, we had to like preach them to the class. And I'm like, this is the most awkward thing ever. For one, this is not normal for me, and for two, there's like five people in here, right? And so it was just odd. And some of the guys that are in HBI know what I'm talking about, but 
you can you can grow at you can get better at something, but man, it is a gift that is given to you, right? And so that's the first one. And so there's probably not a whole lot of people in here that have the gift of prophecy. So I'm going to keep moving. But that is what the first spiritual gift is: is prophecy. Okay. So then he goes on to say, uh, let's see, uh, prophecy. Let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Uh, number two, or ministry. Let us wait on our ministry. Right? So that's your second spiritual gift. It's called the, the gift of ministry. Right? This is probably the most common spiritual gift. Right? What is the gift of ministry? Somebody, like, tell me what you think it is. It is basically being a servant. Right? Somebody, so we call, like, taking care of the kids. We call really any, anything we do at the church, we call it a ministry. Right? Because it's basically a way that we serve the body. So when you have the spiritual gift of ministry, you basically are supernaturally able, because this is something that I could not do before, uh, able to just be patient with people, serve them, love them, right? Like, a job that I've never wanted in my life ever, and still to this day I don't want it, is to be like a server at a restaurant. It would drive me absolutely bat nut crazy because people are, are just rude, and I, I'm, I have a problem with just being like, that ain't right, right? So they're just messed up, and some people are really good at that, right? And so, you know, just shout out. If you got a good server, man, you better tip them good, because they go through a lot of crap, I'm just saying, and I ain't never done it before, but so no different in the body of Christ, right? Something that I would not want to do ever any other time, right? You're supernaturally able. This was probably the first thing that I ever noticed in my life as a Christian was the gift of ministry. Like, I was able to do something that I could not in and of myself do before, right? I was able to go and just serve people and have no desire for what I was going to get out of it because that was, that was me before. I was like, I'll do whatever for you, right? When's the check come, right? Or, or whatever. And so I was able to now all of a sudden be like, yeah, what do you need help with? I'm, I'll be there, right? So somebody give me... Give me somebody that just comes off the top of your head when you think of that, that person is just like they've got the gift of ministry written all over them. Brady Barnes. What? Brady Barnes. Brady Barnes, right? What'd you say? Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, right. Yeah, I when I when I think of uh, when I think of the gift of ministry, I think of Brady Barnes. Man, there isn't anything that Brady Barnes wouldn't do for you, and he doesn't want anything for it ever. Right, and so there's a lot of people that have this gift, but that's just like the most prominent in in my life that I've seen. It's just like, man, Brady Barnes has the gift of ministry. Maybe you were good at this before, but I'm telling you, the Spirit of God allows you to do it better, right? And so the gift of ministry is just simply serving. You are supernaturally able to, even on the days that it's just like I don't even want to do this, right? You're able to do it, and you just, I mean, you're there because you're doing it for the glory of God. That's the whole point, right? So that's the second spiritual gift. This he says. Uh, he says, of ministry, let us wait, kind of like a waiter, let us wait on our ministering. Meaning, we're here to serve. What do you want me to do? What can I do? Here I am, right? So that's your second spiritual gift. He goes on to say, or he that teacheth on teaching. Now, there's not a lot to say about this, but that one's pretty simple, right? You have the gift of teaching. Now, as far as teaching and preaching go, don't get those confused. Every... Every person who has the gift of prophecy also has the gift of teaching. But not every person who has the gift of teaching has the gift of prophecy. Meaning, there are some people that are really good at teaching, right? And let's just keep it uh, as far as the Word of God goes. Okay, let's, let's make it 
my wife is an excellent teacher as far as she can teach ladies in the word of god she teach she, she taught she teach she teached all, all of our kids and you know as they grew up right no she taught them uh as as they were growing up through homeschool right uh, as they got older they started you know basically following the books on their own but for the most part but she's not going to have the gift of prophecy because she's a female right and not saying that a woman can even have the gift of prophecy, but she's only going to teach other women, right? And go to Peter if you want to talk about that. I'm not trying to offend anybody, but I'm not saying I'm just going with what the Word of God says. So anyway, but as you want to talk about um, in the body of Christ, right? If you want to talk about in the body of Christ, there are people that are really good at teaching the Word of God. They are excellent teachers, right? I think of people like, and I don't know if Jim Stovall's got the gift of prophecy, but man, he's got the gift of teaching for sure. Right? This guy can, like, he, he, he can teach, right? I think of Jeff Trude, right? I don't know how good Jeff Trude can preach, but man, he will blow your mind away with some teaching. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing, and it's just like, wow. Like, he was one of my favorite teachers in HBI because, man, he can, like, he taught the book of Daniel, and I'm just like, Oh my God! Like I didn't even know that that was a thing, and it was just he he, he opens up, he, he teaches well, right? And so, just don't get those confused. A person who has the gift of teaching is really good at teaching. Let's just say the word of God to keep it spiritual here, right? So the point is, I wasn't really that good at it before, but God has given me over time the gift of being able to at least go in, break down a passage, right? And so, th- talk about um, me personally. I didn't know anything about the Bible ever when I, I knew nothing about the Word of God when I got saved. Nothing. Okay? And over time, God has grown me. I've read the book, right? Several times. Uh, all these things, right? And so as I grow, I learn some things. And so then he's like, God gives me the opportunity to start teaching a little bit here and there. And at first, it was just here and there, right? And the next thing you know, it was like, okay, so now you're going to teach every week, right? So. Things that I couldn't do before, right? It was not in me. Not that I wasn't really good at school, but like I, I couldn't go in and, and like make an outline. It was just like hard for me to do. It doesn't make sense. Now I struggle with just reading a passage and not like mentally outlining it in my head, just because that's the way my brain works now. Because that's what I do. I go in and I, I come up with a list or some sort of an outline to, to make it teachable, right? And so that is what that that's a that's a good example of the spiritual gift of like I couldn't do it before. But God has given me the supernatural ability to just making an outline. It's easy. It's not that hard for me to do now. Not that it has anything to do with that, but it's like that is the gift of teaching, right? So He says of him that teaching, or he that teacheth on teaching. The next one, or he that exhorteth on exhortation. So that's the number four, the gift of exhortation. What is the gift of exhortation? It is somebody that it's just like, man, that's you're doing a really good job, brother, right? Or I don't know what how you did that, but that was really awesome. It is somebody who always has a good word, right? They're always pumping people up, and it's not just it's not just mouth service either. They they really mean it, right? It, they're not the guy that's like, hey, you're doing a really good job, right? You know, being sarcastic about it. No, he, they're 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 really serious about everything they say. It's like you that's that's amazing. I don't know how you do that, right? Like you see somebody that can draw really well. I'm like. I don't know how you do that because I can't even draw a stick person, right? And it's just like, or whatever. And so it's just like the per- somebody who has the gift of exhortation, like they can't not just tell somebody how good they are, right? Like they can't not exhort people in the Word of God. They can't, and that's what, that's what the gift of exhortation is, right? There are people that you know, you you know anybody like that? That it's just like, man, every time I see this person, they've got a good word, right? Somebody come to mind. 
Meredith Pugh. That's a good one, right? You know, somebody that's just like, no matter what, they've just got the gift of exhortation. Like, I might not be good at anything else. I'm not saying that Meredith's not good at anything else. Meredith's good at a lot of things, actually. Um, But, um, like, the point is, like, I can at least say, man, you're really awesome at that, right? People who, you know, because some people are like, well, man, how's God going to use me? Like, I can't even walk, or I can't even do this, or, you know, different things. You might have physical disabilities. I promise you, you're... This is a gift that you don't have to be able to do anything, right? Uh, if you can talk, you can exhort people. Man, you can tell them how good they're doing and actually mean it, right? So that's the gift of exhortation. Meaning, if, if nobody ever exhorted somebody, I'd get kind of burnt out, right? And so the body needs people who have the gift of exhortation. They need that. He says, so uh, exhortation on, on uh, or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let, it, let him do it with simplicity. Uh, here's number five. You didn't know this. It takes the spiritual gift of giving, right? And I'm not talking about tithing. Although, I've never met somebody that has the spiritual gift of giving that struggled with tithing. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. But when I think of somebody that has the spiritual gift of giving, like they would give you the shirt off their back without even thinking. It's just like, oh, I, I didn't know you needed that. Here, you can have it, right? Like they, they would take, like they would take the food off their family's table and give it to you. It's just like, oh man, I didn't know you needed it. I mean, oh yeah, you can have it. Like somebody that would just give you anything, no matter what. Right? Think about. There are people like that. They were just like, yeah, you can have it. I don't even care. There's other people that are like, yeah, I don't know. I gotta. I mean, let me take what I need. And yeah, I can give you of my excess. Think of the widow uh, that throws in her two mites, right? And she she had the gift of giving for sure, right? Because like they'll just give you anything, no matter what. Like, yeah, sure, I got no problem with that. You can have it, right? I can get another one, right? So. And that, that's kind of the mindset. Like if you're like, man, I wish I had the gift of giving. It starts with that mindset. That nothing's really yours in the first place. Like anything that you've got, even if you worked really hard for it, God gave you the ability to do the work to do it. So anything that you've got, you have because of Christ. And so then it's not really that hard to just be like, yeah, you can have it because you know, God gave it to me. I'll, I'll get another one. It's not that big a deal. So you know, and if, if God doesn't give me another one, then I don't really need it. It's not. I mean, that's just that's what the gift of giving is like. So... Like I said, the, any, nobody who has the gift of giving struggles with tithing, though. So we're not talking about tithing here, but I'm just saying, right? That's something that just kind of works itself out because the person who has the gift of giving understands that every dollar he's got, he's got because God gave it to him anyway. So he wants to give back. Anyway, moving on. I'm not trying to get off anybody's wallet this morning anyway. Um, uh, okay, so he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let it let him do it with simplicity. That's one of the coolest things about giving is they just they just do it. They don't make a big deal out of it, right? Anybody who's got the gift of giving, they just they, they're not like billboard point at me. Hey, did you see what I just gave? Right? No, it's not like that at all. It's just the gift. You just do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. This is the most confusing one to people, right? Number six. So we don't call it the gift of ruling. We call it the gift of what? Administration. No, you're all good, Jeff. We call it the gift of administration. What is the gift of administration? Somebody explain it to me. Right. It's it's the UPS guy, right? It's it's logistics, right? Uh, administration. Somebody who has the gift of administration. Uh, when I think of this, the first person that comes to my mind is Kathy Cundiff, right? She was the office administrator forever. And, man, she had like a billion things going on at once, and she had everything where it needed to be, on time, right? So the gift of administration, think about this in your marriage. Generally, 
God doesn't give like spouses the same gifts. He allows them to have gifts that complement one another. Right? And so the gift of administration is somebody who just makes sure all the details are taken care of. I do not have the gift of administration because I'm just like, I'll figure it out when I get there. Right? I, whatever. My wife's like, hey, did you see? This isn't working quite right. I'm like, I'll figure it out later. Right? Or, or like, especially like on a building project. Like, hey, did you think about it? I'm like, no, I'm not to that point yet. I don't care if the faucet works later. It doesn't matter right now because it's capped off. Right? But she's thinking 10 steps ahead. Right? Somebody with the gift of administration, I don't have that, is able to think ahead, make sure things are where they need to be on time, right? My wife, early on, I don't think really had this gift, but God has given her the grace to have this, really, to to help me, right? To be my help me. He's given her the gift of administration, not as like good as some people are just like full blown, like that person. That's all they have, right? But he's he's given her the ability to at least have it well enough to help me because I have it none, right? And so that is what the gift of administration is. Somebody who's just making sure things happen. So in the body of Christ, if we didn't have anybody who just made sure things were happening, like we'd all show up and be like, oh, y'all didn't pay the light bill? Well, that sucks, right? Or, uh, oh, I guess the praise brain didn't practice this week. That's a problem. That sounded not so good, right? Or, or just whatever, right? Every ministry has somebody that is good at administration because they make sure things happen. They communicate. They get all these things done. Right? That is what the gift of administration is. So some people are like, I'm not really good at anything. I promise if nobody had that gift, because generally the people who say I'm not good at anything, they have this gift. Generally. Like, I'm not good at anything. If you didn't do your thing, I promise none of this other stuff would be happening. Because we'd be like, oh, we were supposed to do something about the snow before we walked in the building? Well, we didn't. Right? Somebody with the gift of administration always has these things figured out. And they have somebody there to do them. And they're not always the person doing it, but they make sure people are lined up. It is logistics, right? So it says, he that ruleth with diligence, meaning it takes diligence to be good at administration, right? It takes diligence. I would, I would say this about my wife. My wife doesn't come naturally by the gift of administration, but with diligence, she's good at it. Right, and so it's just something that you know the Spirit of God gives her the ability to do, but it still takes diligence to be able to do it. And then the last one, and we'll be done because I'm over time. He said, "He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness." The last spiritual gift is mercy. Right? Some people have this, some people don't. Right? I wish I had the gift of mercy. I don't. Right? I just, I just don't like. I'm like, oh, you stubbed your toe. Or so, get up and get back to work, right? I think at Brady Barnes when we used to work at the sand plant, right? We were framing in the we were framing in the new scale house, uh, right? What's he do? He takes a framing nail and shoots a nail, a sixteen penny nail through his hand. I'm like, Does that hurt. Well, pull it out. Let's get back to work, right? I, I've done it several times, so I'm like, this is what you do. But like somebody with mercy would be like, oh my gosh, what can I do for you? Do you need to go to the doctor? I'm like, man, put some dirt on it, get back to work, right? In the body of Christ, it, it gets a little more spiritual than that, though. Somebody with the gift of mercy, when there's somebody who's struggling, somebody who's down, somebody that's like, somebody with the gift of mercy uh, is somebody like Jeff Trude again, who is like, if there's somebody in the hospital, man, you better count on Jeff Trude coming by and seeing you, just to lift, up, lift your spirits, right? Somebody that's just there, somebody, somebody with the gift of mercy notices things. You might just be kind of like down in the dumps or like, you know, kind of skipping out or somebody with the gift of mercy is just like I wonder where they've been right and they reach out to them and they're just like hey how things are going right you know all those different things that's somebody somebody that has the gift of mercy does things like that I wish I was better at that right my, my wife will be like hey somebody hasn't been in class for like several weeks I'm like you sure they did like last week and she's like no it's been like I'm like 
yeah, you're probably right. But that's, it just like all blurs together in my mind. So again, that's just a way that you know you can, at, if you're married, especially you know, work together. But whatever it is that God's giving you, and here's the whole point because I'm over time. You might be like, I don't really know where I fit into this. I promise, God has given at least one of these to everybody. And so the thing is, find out, pray about it, what is it that God has given me the ability to do that I couldn't do before and now it's just like I can't. And whatever it is, man, instead of trying to like, now I want to multiply, I want to get this one now and get this one now. They're not like crowns in heaven, right? It's not like that. Whatever it is that God has given you, do that really well. Because here's what I've learned in the however many years I've been saved. God's not going to give you more and more and more until you learn how to do well what you can do. Right? That was my theme like in life. I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but it's like do one thing well. Because it seemed like I was so strung out doing a hundred different things and I was only doing everything about halfway because I couldn't. I was like from here to here to here to here, right? You ever felt like that? And that was kinda like my life motto. It was like I'm just gonna do one thing well. Right? And I we did. We stepped out of a lot of things, not because we didn't want to do them, but it was just like, okay, we're going to focus on doing this thing really well. And as soon as I feel like I can do that really well, then we'll step out and do you know something else. But don't get too overcommitted to, to ministry. Do one thing well. right? So find out what it is. What has God given you the ability to do? Because not next week as Chris is teaching, but after that we're going to go through uh, verses 9 to 21. It's probably going to take a couple weeks because... If you want to like get ahead of the game, read that. Because Paul, like here, here's some life lessons, right? So now that I've given you the spiritual ability to do some things, I've got some life lessons for you, right? And it's like really good stuff. And it's just like, oh my gosh, that's like that one sentence could like be an entire lesson, right? It's an entire life principle. He's like, okay, you have the ability to do these things because I gave you the ability to do these things. So that's kind of what he's talking about. So you've got spiritual gifts, use them, right? I'll, I'll end with that. If you've got spiritual gifts, use them. The body of Christ needs you to use your gift, right? Your spouse needs you to use your gift. Like the Passpoint class needs you to do your part. And your part might be saying, you're doing a really good job. Thanks, bro. Right? Or just whatever it is. And so whatever it is, these, these really are manifest in people's lives. And you do you know, grow in them. But that's what he's talking about. So if you're like, man, I just don't feel like I can do anything. You can do something. Find out what it is man, and, and use it. Let's pray and we'll get out of here. Father God, I love you. Thank you for today. I thank you for uh, just your word. It really is good, Lord. And, and God, you don't have to give us anything, but you really you give us things that we don't even know uh, what to ask for, how to ask for, God. And you really are, you're just good to us. I don't know any other way to say it. Um, Lord, we don't even know what to ask for at times. And, and then it just shows up and it's like, I was right on time. Well, Lord, I pray that these gifts would be right on time. I pray this message was right on time for somebody and that you know they can take this and really just use it in their life. Uh, to find their purpose in the body of Christ. Uh, some people really struggle with that. So uh, this really does show them their purpose and what you've created them to be. And that is, you know, God-glorifying uh, worshipers. And so, Lord, I do pray that you would uh, just uh, bless uh, the service this morning as Brian preaches to us. And I pray you just send us out this week as lights in a dark world, that you would get the honor and the glory from our lives. I pray for those who uh, are out of past point um, this week for whatever reasons. I pray you just bless their families and uh, just uh, take care of them, Lord. So I pray you just uh, keep us safe. Uh, all in Christ's name. Amen. Alright guys, I'll see you next week or sometime soon.